0: Hello and welcome back, or welcome to the Better Men, Better Ballplayer podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb, and today it is my pleasure to introduce to some of you who might not know him and to remind the people who do know him of the tremendous coach that he is. Today we're going to be talking with Mike Franklin, head coach of Catoctin High School in Maryland. And Coach Franklin is, has been at Catoctin for the last 21 years. During his tenure, he's, given, he's helped Catoctin win a state championship, six regional championships, three league titles, the first county championship, and four, four trips to the state title game. He's been Coach of the Year numerous times. And one of the best things about Coach Franklin, he is a, he is a teacher first. He's been Teacher of the Year both from a PE standpoint as well as this year, he was named the 2019-2020 Frederick County Teacher of the Year. And he's been all throughout the state. He holds many talks and conferences as Teacher of the Year as he's very passionate about helping his students. Coach Franklin has also been a member of Frederick High School as well as Salisbury University. As assistant coaches. He is a brand new author. If you haven't seen his book out yet, it's called Teachers Changing the Game. Brand new author. You can check that out on Amazon or you can check it on his website, www.mike-franklin.com. It's a tremendous book, starting out with relationships and talking about how teachers are truly trying to change the game and we're trying to build, as Chris Franklin talked about, bringing champions for students Coach Franklin is a very strong man of faith, as well as a mentor to many players, coaches, students, teachers, and just like myself. He's a guy that I like to live up to, inspires me, mentor of mine, of a guy that does it the right way, and I just can't find a better guy than Mike Franklin. So today we get to touch base about his program. Dive into how he is helping those kids be more servant leaders. We touch base about how the things that are important to him and his program. How he's been able to help the young men of Catoctin. You'll get to learn about his of all the of all the accolades that he's won. You'll get to hear what he feels is the biggest accolade of his coaching career. It is absolutely gonna. It's astounding. It's a, it's it's outstanding, and um, it's one of the biggest. And he, he he says it's one of the biggest compliments that anyone can ever give him, and I hope that you get a chance to hear that. Coach Franklin dives into. He's really known for. He has huge pitching staffs where he believes that everyone's a pitcher until proven otherwise. And he's always typically having a uh, submarine guy. So for those people that don't know, a submarine pitcher is a pitcher that you throws a little bit funky, almost almost drags the ball in the dirt basically the ball coming from almost underneath always typically had a guy like that it's something that I've you know as I said as a mentor um, looked on him and as trying to you know be deceptive and, and try to have one of those guys that are just a little bit different that you can kind of throw out some hitters he also does a very unique thing with slashing for those people that don't know that it's a, when you show bunt like act like you're gonna bunt pitch comes in you bring the ball bring the bring the bat back and you're able to and what he talks about is be able to eliminate less strikeouts as well as eliminating pop-ups or at least having less pop-ups so we get into some of those things as well as the better ball player side Um, but we get right into him him being a better man and helping influence and be an example for his his athletes and his students and um, you know I just couldn't thank coach Franklin enough Um, when I had a chance this this spring with not coaching he was the first first trip that I made to go watch someone teach and what they did on the ball field, and uh, like I mentioned in his in his in the interview when we were talking, you know, Coach Franklin could give anybody a lesson, hit lesson plans. He can give everybody, tell them how he does it, but they're not going to do it like Coach Franklin. They're not going to be able to teach it the way he does. The engagement, the, the enthusiasm, with the care, and um, especially with the knowledge that he has. So he's got all three. He's got the competence, he's got the character, and he's also got the connection to be a great leader. Very great coach. So, I'm um, hoping that you find some value in this. And if you want to reach out to him for anything more that you'd like to maybe ask him, you can reach out to him at coach franklin at yahoo.com. Again, you can catch him on his website at www.mike franklin.com. Again, it's exactly where his books sit, Book, his, where his books, teaching Teachers Changing the Game. If you don't want to find it there, you can also find it on Amazon. And you can also follow him on Twitter. It's a great follow on Twitter, at F. Again, it's on Twitter, at AuthorCoachF. Highly recommend this guy. He's an absolute stud, great guy, and has had the very, very great pleasure of knowing this man and him only really being 25 minutes from my house. And, um, you know, I'll never forget the first game of my coaching, head coaching career. It was against Coach Franklin, and we actually had to pull up a game, pull up, pull up a three-two win with a guy that, um, and I just didn't realize how special that was because I didn't get many after that. That's for sure. Not at Katoctin, didn't get many after that. So I was pretty fortunate. So here he is talking about leadership, talking about how to become better ball players, and how to help our guys to become better men. This is head coach at Katoctin High School, Mike Franklin. Servant leadership is, is phenomenal. And how do you, you know, how, how, like talking about how you would do that with your players and things that you do with your players to help them maybe become even themselves servant leaders. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, Trey, thanks for having me today. I, I've yeah. always respected you. Um, I love that you're doing this for kids. I've watched your episodes and I mean, listen yeah. to your episodes. They're awesome. You've yeah. had some great people on here, so you're doing good things, man. Keep it up. That's why you're here. Uh, (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, listen, the, the servant leadership thing, Trey, you know, and, 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 you know, you do this. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's all said and done. It's all over. What are we going to be remembered for? What do we want to be remembered for? You know? And so to me, you know, did we, did we win state championships and titles and all that stuff and honestly after the first week of that no, nobody really cares or did we live a life of significance you know did we did we do things that that, that, that change lives maybe change the way a kid was um, uh, feeling like that you know a certain day he was he was not having a good day maybe we you know just rerouted him you know and, and at the end of the day Trey, I, I, I hope that someone says we all as coaches lived a life of significance we help young people. You know, we, 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 we were invested in them. And so to me, there's no greater feeling when a young person comes back to your practice a few years later and says, coach, remember that time, you know, and you may or may not remember it, but how cool is it that, that, that that you have the opportunity, you know, to really change a kid's life and for that kid to, to maybe appreciate it later on. And so, you know, when we talk about serving trade know, it's a year long process, I think, I want my guys to be, uh, you know, to be, to be with me year round and whether it means I, 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 you know, at our school, I form, we form clubs, you know, we have a servant club uh, called war. And so you know, throughout the year, we're 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 going places. We're doing things. We you know, Christmas time, we're going to to an old folks' home, and we're literally uh, sitting down, you know, for four hours and baking cookies, painting people's fingernails. You know, you should see me painting, you know, and our and our baseball guys painting ladies' fingernails. But the whole time, they're it's authentic. They're in front of them. They're talking to them. You know, Trey, and it's it, it makes you feel like it's everything that's right about coaches. Our kids today, Trey, they they need a champion. I mean, we're running out of champions. You know, teaching and coaching are both at all time lows right now. I, I, you know, as serving as teacher of the year, you see all these statistics and the most scary and alarming one to me is that, uh, you know, we're down to, we're down to 2% of all college kids right now are majoring in education. 10 years ago, that was at 10%. It right. has dropped uh, one or 2% for the last 10 years in a row. You know, to, we can all guess and, and, and you know, try to surmise why that is, but the fact is we don't have, you know, and this is, we're missing champions. We need champions for kids. We need people to to teach kids, you know, more than test scores. And and it's scary to me, you know, we're not retaining teachers either. You know, 40% of all teachers in the first five years will, will change professions. That's not good. You know, we, we need these people and our kids need these people. So when you and I have an opportunity to serve, you know, I'm, I'm all in. So yeah, we'll do, we'll do other things. Um, you know if it's around a, a patriotic holiday we'll do something for our veterans you know i guess that's where you always start who are you going to serve and to me you know we, we we can serve the the oppressed you know we, we can serve the um elderly special needs population um you know find a population that you can serve uh, uh, children or, or people with an illness you know um get in a car you got a car you know some of the guys can drive get, you know uh let's um you know drive cancer patients to their to their appointments let's you know deliver them meals let's you know let's you know if, if there's a will there's a way our guys can do some amazing things they just got to be exposed to it and that's our job is to expose them
0: sure it, it seems like you know you're not one of these coaches saying well the kids have changed you know all the time this year you're much you seem like a a, a leader that says you know it's all built on what built on what you've done around them
1: yeah and the you environment
0: know, that you're creating
1: Amen. You know, and I say this, you know, we can talk about uh, kids uh, being bad. And, you know, I, I don't want to hear that. You know, I don't want to hear that because I go through the shopping aisles in the, in the store and I look to the left and to the right. all you know, these tabloids have you know, I can't find a good story in any of them. When I turn on the evening news, you know, for the first uh 25 minutes of a half-hour show. I can't find a good story, you know. In the first three pages of a newspaper, I can't find anything positive. So to say kids are bad, you know, kids, kids aren't bad. Kids, kids are are following the model that we adults have set for them. And let's be honest, this is not a a, a sunshine perfect world right now. So so they're not perfect either. But you know what, man, they're good. Kids are made good. Let's let's talk about the good things these guys are doing. You know, the the girl that's playing the violin at an old folks' home on Wednesday nights every night for free of your life. You know, the kids that are that are helping people and serving people, all these wonderful kids that are doing these, you know, wonderful things. It needs to get some attention. You know, we got to shine a light on that because kids aren't bad. You see it and I see it. Kids are good. And that's why we're in this.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. We're in the kids' business. That's for sure. That's right. You know? <clears throat> what has been like, um, I guess, I guess one of the biggest, you know, seeing a kid like from when you get them, you've seen so many kids. You've gone through – I guess now five sets of kids seeing from freshman to senior year. What's the biggest maybe transformation that you might've seen a kid as you're helping them with the servant leadership, maybe keeping them in the, in this servant club, the war club and things like that.
1: Well, i tell you, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, I, I I had a, 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 had a young man who um, knocked on my door at 11 o'clock at night. You know, his girlfriend was pregnant, was scared. Dad uh, passed away. had had a, working three jobs had had nobody to go to and that's when you really earn your badge you know as a coach you you bring him in and you say all right son let's let's talk our way through this and you watch that man grow from from something that was at the time to him a life-changing emergency and you know today he's working at the white house um he's got three daughters and that 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 one mistake that he thought he made is the greatest thing he would say that had ever happened in his life you know you watch these kids change and grow um had a young man, you know, again, the champion coaches, you know, a coach that is a champion I Had a young man who's, you know, his mom had cancer. Um, dad became ill. Uh, literally there was, they were both in facilities. So he's raising himself. He comes to practice and, and I said, son, you don't need to be at practice today. You, you can, you know, you got big, big things to take care of at home. And he says, coach, you know, I love this place, and I love hanging. I love being part of this team. And for two and a half hours, it's the only time I'm not thinking about that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, to me, that's that's it. that's that's what we're called to do. You know, I can think of a, we had a catcher that, that the year we won the state championship. He was an outstanding kid. Um, comes to me one day and says, Coach. Um, I need to talk to you. And I knew his story. You know, mom was was a bus driver and had four other jobs. You know, she's working five jobs. Dad had, mm-hmm. uh, was a major league player and he passed away uh, tragically early in his life. And so uh, it was tight. You know, my money was tight there. And I knew um, he probably wasn't going to be able to play. So when he came to me, I knew that he was going to tell me, you know, that he had to had to quit and and take care, of, you know, help pay the, the bills at home. Mm-hmm. And so I, I stopped him. I said, son, I know what you're going to say and listen to me you're not quitting. I understand you, you, you got, you know, I want to help you. You got, you know, real life things to take care of. And it's okay that you, that you leave us and take care of business at home. He says, no coach, I I wasn't going to ask you that. I just needed a, a recommendation. I wanted to know if you would be, uh, uh, give me a recommendation so I can get this job. And, and he ended up getting a job at 3 a.m. being delivered newspapers, you know, Monday through Saturday, this kid would deliver newspapers, go to school full time, come to our practices, games, repeat it the next day. I mean, wow. kids, that's kids make you proud. You know, kids are
0: awesome. Yeah. And those, are, like you said, those are the, the stories we need to hear more of, you know, right? stories you need to hear more of Sure. So what do you like? So like, uh, during the, during the, like during the baseball season, you know, with your, with your team specifically, you know what? Are, what are some things that you do, you know, to help create, you know, create that environment? You know, to help them create that. Day? Are you still, are you still doing those kind of serving things during the during the season? Um, like, how? What do are you? Are, what are you guys kind of doing to kind of build that mentality?
1: Yeah, and, and I'll never pass on an opportunity. You know, if we got an opportunity with our, our you know, we call it Unified Sports, um, Special Olympics, whatever. Um, venue you want to talk about but we'll go to meet you know we'll we'll support our guys um any chance we have to to jump in something to serve uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that um think about this you know the average high school coach maybe practices say two hours um during that two hours can you not find two minutes at the beginning or end of practice you know every day and this is my the way i'd always like to start practice i mean you want i'm a big believer in mood setters trey you know i want mood setters when my kids walk into into the uh, uh, field, when they walk into our, our, our stadium, um, here's, here's another example. You could take something tragic, you know, and serve from it. Uh, we lost a young man, a catcher of ours, was hit by a drunk driver and killed tragically. Um, parents were, were amazing community members. Uh, it was devastating to them. And so we set up a a statue when you walk in, we made a statue and uh, he was a young man when he played, he he didn't see the field, but he impacted our team more than anybody. He never started a game, Uh, but his, his, you know, his enthusiasm, and we all have those, that kind of kid, his enthusiasm is infectious. His attitude was amazing. And I thought, you know, how can we, how can we serve here? And so we make this statue and Vinny was, his name was Vinny Healy and Vinny was famous for fist bumping people. And so, you know, no matter what kind of day I was having, he always put that fist out there. It's when I got out to the field, you know, no matter how stressed I was, he says, hit it, coach, hit it. And as soon as he fist bumped me, put a smile on my face, Trey. You know, it, it changed my mood. And I thought, man, we, we can capture that. You know, we can serve a family that's hurting. We can serve some kids coming in. And so, I, you know, there's a little inscription, but every year we start our very first day of practice out of that statue, And we explain, you know, mindset you know the mindset of, that we're going to have while we're out here you know like the young man who's whose mom and dad were were in facilities at the time you know practice is an escape it's a two-hour escape for our kids you know it's social it's not just trying to win a state championship we as coaches you know we have the ability to change the mood of a kid every day and so when they fist bump that statue i tell the kids all right guys this is your two-hour vacation from life right here you know hit it and let's let's once you hit that uh, uh uh, once you've hit this month venting that means, you know, you got the new, uh, face on, you know, a kid, these are, you know, n- nothing new when our kids make errors, I make them take their hat off, you know? So our shortstop makes an error, take your hat off. You know, when you take your hat off, that's telling me that that's your trigger. You're, 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 you're literally hitting your trigger. You're taking it off. You're flushing what just happened. And when you're ready, you put your hat back on and as a team, we're all going to engage in the next pitch, you know? And it, it, for me, it's been effective for our guys, you know? Um, having those kind of things and so serving is so Try it's, it's so important another example we had a young man who um, was the funniest kid I, I'd ever coached in my life he was the smartest kid too and so his name was Robbie Seidel. Robbie went to um, uh, West Point you know f- full honors he was serving out his obligation he runs over a IED while serving our country um, in Iraq uh, tragically was killed President Bush gave a, gave a an amazing. Um, speech about Robbie um, at his funeral. It was, it was uh, nothing you'll ever forget. And so, you know, we we do a tournament. I thought, again, how can we serve this family and their community that's hurting right now through something bad? And so we uh, we started a tournament. You know, we have 20 teams all over the state, public and private. Uh, you know, there's an entry fee. All that money goes to what we call a side fund. And I'm happy to say, like, along with a golf tournament, the, you know, the side fund, has raised over a half million dollars. Um, all that money goes to serve families who served our country and lost a loved one or was impacted because of our uh, war on terror. You know, So yeah, we can serve in a number of ways. We just have to, you know, sometimes it's right in front of us. We just gotta see it.
0: Mm-hmm, sure. Mm. Your boys, I mean, it's just, have you, I guess, just thinking through all this thing, have, has your leadership changed throughout the years, you know, as you've gone through this and you, as you've changed, if you've grown, like where, where has all of that started? You know, cause like, you know, when you first started, especially, you know, your early days of coaching and even just back in the day, when you were playing, like it wasn't a servant mindset, it was almost very authoritative. It was very do as I say, you know, and we're going to just win. What, where, where, how has that changed with you? That's a that's
1: a great point, Trey. You know, and I, 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 I guess I'd start with saying I've grown. You know, I, I wish I could go back to my early years. I had, you know, the young coach syndrome. I was full of, of vigor and, and, and over competitive. I would say I, I wanted to win. You know, I'm always competitive, but my focus really was was trying to make the best, you know, baseball player I could. And, 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 and making that kid a better person. That wasn't my number one concern, if I would be telling you the truth back then. And you know what changed me, Trey? I mean, it's such a good question. The kids did. The kids did. You know, you, you're with them, you know, five, six days a week for a minimum two, three hours a day. And they start to wear on you. You start to discover their stories. And I was a believer. I was, you know, hey, son, you're never late to practice. I believe in these rules. You, you know, it's black or it's white. And it's not. You know, that's what my, my experience and my, my relationships, which is what this job is about, relationships, my relationships with these kids. It grew me. It changed me. You know, when I, when I hear stories about the kids, some, some of which I've told you or others, you realize that, that we have a way, way bigger calling, you know, than, than just winning games. No one cares about our championships. But what they do care about is is, is how we impact these lives. I had a young man who came into school one day with stitches on his head and he was an amazing kid. I loved him like a son. And, and so I knew he had a, a rough background. I knew the family dynamic was pretty tough at home. And he wouldn't tell me exactly what happened when I asked him about, you know, where the stitches came from. And, and so, I, for a while there, I said, you know, you care about their safety, you care about their well-being. And, I, and so, uh, he wanted to go live with his grandparents, you know, for a little bit. He had to, and I said, it was out of his our, our school area, you know, and it was still legal, but it was a heck of a drive. And I said, I'll pick you up. I said, I pick you up every day. And so, I, I realized, you know, that's that's the stuff that that I'll be proud of, you know, when I'm in my rocking chair, which may not be that long away. I will remember, you know, driving that kid every day, having conversations with him when he's going through a really tough thing in his family home, you know, and just saying, okay, we were able to get that kid to school every day. And, and you know, winning these trophies and championships and even all the, the, the teacher of the year um, award honors, that's not, that, that's not even in my top hundred, you know, uh, things that, I, that I'm proud of. You know, my, my most proud honor, in 2013, when we won the state championship, we had, a, we had, a, we had some great pitchers and we can talk baseball later, but one young man who was our ace that year, you know, he was like a son to me. And so after we won it, he, he had gotten into some, some things and, uh, and he passed away and I went to the um, viewing and, and again, these are the things that change us. I'm at the viewing, you know, I'm, I'm this young man's baseball coach and teacher, his high school career. I see his mom and dad and they're hurting and they're hurting. And they, they walk over to me, you know, we embrace in a hug, tears rolling down our face. And, uh, and they asked me, they said, coach, um, can we bury him in high school, in your high school baseball uniform? Can we borrow a uniform? I mean, oh, to why? me, Trey, when Alex's parents had said that to me, that, that was oh, the greatest why? honor. That's the greatest honor in my life. You know? That, that's not who cares about your record. Who cares about your championships oh, my. You know, that you that you would put a young man in our uniform to rest him in eternity. I'll never get a greater honor than that. And that those are the things that humble us as coaches. I think, you know, those are the things that 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 make us realize like our rules are great. But and, and we do need rules. We do need accountability. You know, I do believe in restorative justice. When the kid messes up, let's let's fix it, get it right, you know, and and, and grow the young man, instead of just punishing him, you know, early in my career, I'd probably tell the kid, you know, I'm gonna give you two strikes and you're gone, you know, that wasn't right. I didn't grow those kids when I I treated them that way.
0: Oh, I think even restorative, or it's like in your program, it's also proactive justice too, you know, where you're kind of helping solve, have problems or being prepared for them, you know, and teaching them beforehand. So, you know, when those times comes, they can maybe make a better choice.
1: Hey, man, that's so true. I, I start the first two minutes, you know, once they do the fist bump and they get in there, uh, I, I always start with a story, a quote, you know, maybe something that's going on in society or some type of motivational tactic that brings us together as a team. It talks about how we're growing with our servitude and, and just growing as men. You know, it could be something um, as simple as is is uh, there was a guy who broke an Olympic uh, – the all-time marathon record. I don't know if you saw that Eliud Kipchoge. He broke the all-time record. Right? They said it could never be done in less than two hours. You know, much like the Roger Bannister story that we all are so familiar with. And, and so I shared our, our, you know, that guy's vision with our, with our kids. You know, he had to unlearn. And you know, kids, kids are exposed to different things. You know, what, what, I always say, what's normal? You know, what's normal is Normal's what you know. You know, I go to one kid's house and they're sitting down. They're passing food. They're saying a prayer before they eat. You know, you go to another young man's house and and they're throwing food. (laughs) They're screaming at each other. And that's normal to them. You go to another one and it's just one kid making his own meal. There is no family. I mean, normal is what you know in our society right now. I mean, it's changing drastically as as you can see on the news. So, you know, normal is what you know. And so what a tough job for a coach and a teacher. You know, we're, we're supposed to bring all these young men together as one, you know, as a team. But they're coming from such drastic and diverse backgrounds. And so how do you... How do you focus that? You know, to me, I, I think it's crazy to just teach skill. You know, to just teach baseball skill doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, we better be addressing that in our practices. If you don't value that enough to build that into your practice, you know, I always believe that we start and in with, you know, with, with mental stuff, you know, starting in with something that's going to mentally grow these kids and, and make them, you know, focus on each other and focus on our goal of being better people. And, and it does pay off. It's pound the rock. Every day, let's talk about it can't be a part-time thing just can't
0: sure and i think it's every day that they also know that you value it and they're gonna work on it every day it's like if you're gonna get be better base running you better work on it every day you know whether it be five minutes or 20 minutes um yeah. you know like so with your mentality so is servant leadership kind of basically the only kind of pillar i guess you could say or like core value that you do has have or are there are other values within that that when you pound the when you pound the right when you pound the fist bump is are, are there other things that you involved or have, have you talked about the is there yeah like are you guys talking about those different members or are you just totally just talking about him being or that servant
1: yeah yeah no no we, we've we've got several i mean and honestly each week of our season is usually a different theme you know oh, okay and, and so and maybe that week that's that's what we're talking about you know and, and, and i oftentimes talk with young coaches and, and I recommend any young coach out there. There's a, you know, Season of Life, a book by um, a star, Joe Ehrman, you know, who's a, uh, a, a Baltimore Colt back in the olden days. But he's a, he's a powerful coach turned minister who joins a football program, a private school. And, and so he goes through um, the season and, he, and he's serving these kids every week. And so, you know, at the beginning of every game and every practice, he's doing the same thing. He's, he's using his faith to, to speak to kids and he's growing these kids from the city Um, and from a diverse background into, into one team and you can feel throughout the book how it's going. It's a great book. I highly recommend it if anyone's looking for something to read, but Joe Ehrman has five keys that he believes, um, every coach should, should ask five questions. Every coach should ask themselves. Why do I coach? Why do I coach the way I do? Uh, what does it feel like to be coached by me? Is my coach worth imitating? Uh, what do I want to accomplish by coaching? You know, those five, those are five really, really good questions that every one of us coaches tough. should ask ourselves. That's you tough. Know? And, and if you answer those honestly, if you honestly answer those questions that Joan poses to us, and you know, I think you're going to make your plan to pass that on to kids, you know what I mean? To be a better, to be a better uh, life coach and not just a better baseball coach and work that stuff in.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, is that, is that an activity that you've done or maybe you've done even with your staff?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I'm really a big believer, and in, in, in we better you know, grow our staff before we grow our kids. And so, yeah, everything I do with, with the kids, I've already done with our staff, and, and we talk a lot about that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, like you, like your show, I'm a huge fan of studying good leaders and studying yeah. good coaches. I and mean, you know, how can I be better? And, and none of our stuff is our own. I mean, you look around, and you see a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you, and you, and you steal it, and you try to make it, you know, the best version of, of you if you can So, you know, when I have my, yeah, when I have my coaches, we're meeting during the off season, we're texting, you know, we're on group text at, you know, every other night. And when I see something great, I'm sharing it. And, you know, I feel great when they start sharing it. And so, you know, I'll grow them, they'll grow me. And, uh, and then in the end, you know, we got, we got better coaches. It's funny, Trey, you know, you see these, these teams with the most extravagant uniforms and you only got so much of a budget, right. And they'll buy these expensive uniforms or, 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 the Latest, greatest, best baseball equipment, but let's be honest. I mean, what can change a kid's skill set? What can change a kid's mental capacity? What can grow a human being? You know better than a coach. I, I, I'll take a good. I'll take an investment in a good, assistant coach any day over the greatest pitching machine, or batting cages, or turf field. You know what I mean? I, if I had a choice, I'm spending my money um, to pay a, a coach to come coach with me. A good coach who's going to grow these kids, you know what I mean? And teach them that, 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 that great, you know, device that you just bought for your kids is, is wonderful. You know, but when that kid's in the batter's box or that kid's up on the mound by himself, you know, no one's helping him. And what what's going through his mind. It's time for him to do it now. So who's growing that?
0: Who's helping to prepare that situation.
1: Right. And a coach can do that. A machine cannot.
0: Oh, certainly not. Certainly not. So, Oh man. Very, very true. Very true. So as we, I guess, you yeah, sliding into the, the, I guess, the baseball side, thinking of coaching, um, you know, things that just always stick out to me um, when thinking about your program um, is just two things. Like one, you I mean, you were always my, how, like how many submarine guys that you had, you know, it was always a thing a Thing that you always <laughs> would have one, you know, and that seemed like going to trickle, even into college baseball, you're starting to see at least one, you know, every other time you watch a college baseball game as a specialist and things like that. And then two is the slash and just how much your guys would really hit and be aggressive uh, in the box. So I really just want to kind of dive into those two things, um, you know, of like, I know, like, come and watch your practice. And like you said, the big comment that stuck out to me, like, everybody's a pitcher until proven otherwise, <laughs> you know, and it's a great thing, right? I mean, especially if you're not going to cut a guy, like, might as well just see if you can do something on the mound. Um, so what's your process there? Like, how, like, what, how do you, what's the best way for that you've been able to develop these pitchers? Um, you know, and come up with that philosophy. Like everyone's a pitcher until proven otherwise. Have you seen a guy that just like came out of nowhere or, you know, that just seems like it's a philosophy. of yours?
1: Yeah. So, you know, my personal philosophy is, is, you know, how how do you know what a kid can grow into, you know? And so pitching such a complicated thing, but to me, you know, Trey, it's, it's 90% of our game. I mean, you know, you got a great pitcher and, and they're not scoring runs. They can't beat you. So, yeah, our 2013 team, as an example, you know, we win the state championship. We have four kids go on in and pitch at the college level. None of those four kids were pitchers um, at, at, through their whole lives, actually, through for for all but one of them through their sophomore year. So, three of those guys didn't even really become a pitcher in a game until their junior year. Um, all three through, all four through, well, three of them through 88. The other one had a tremendous uh, splitter. And I'll talk about that later when we talk about you know, types of uh, pitchers. Uh, but, you know, how can we predict a kid's growth? You know, how can we predict if a kid's going to grow? You know, uh, one of the kids we cut there, he, he became the Juco pitcher of the year when he got to college. He was he was 8-0 for us. And I cut him his freshman year. <laughs> he was small. He didn't throw hard. He didn't have any measurables. Somebody works hard. He grows a little bit. And then this kid's a scholarship pitcher when he leaves high school. You know, another kid was a catcher, never, never pitched his catcher his whole life. Um, you know, can you find a use for him? And, and you know, straighten out his arm mechanics a little bit, and he's up to 88 miles an hour and, you know, still doesn't really even know what he's doing. So to me, how can we predict, you know, what a kid can do? You know, you hear all these stories about these major league pitchers. Um, I remember a story about Tim Wakefield, and, you know, he was a, an over-the-top uh, or he was a hitter first baseman, and, and it wasn't working out. And then he says, hey, coach, before you cut me, in the minor or something show you my knuckleball. And then next thing you know, you know, his career was launched. How many kids do we have like that, that we missed the boat on? You know, how many kids can offer us something to get kids out and win us games? But we never gave a kid the opportunity. So, yeah, to me, everybody's a pitcher to their nine. And so I literally get every kid off the mound and we do assembly line style. and We work on stuff. You can't, you know, how many times, Trey, have you as an outstanding coach seen a kid that he just does something? He doesn't maybe even know what he's doing but he just does something that's peculiar. It's different. It's out of the ordinary. You know, it's extraordinary. Maybe he, he doesn't grip a ball, right? So it's got a crazy amount of run to the wrong side. You know, it's something different for a hitter. I tell our guys all the time, you know, be unusual. Usual gets smashed, you know, and that's where 90% of us lie. Be unusual, be extraordinary. Don't be ordinary. And for some kids, the answer is not always velocity. For most kids, it's not velocity. So what can you, What can you offer us that can make you extraordinary? How can you stand out? And so, you know, so many times we're trying to to shove a square peg, I think, as coaches in a round hole. Why am I teaching this young man who's throwing, you know, 77 miles an hour power pitching mechanics? He's never going to be a 90-mile-an-hour guy, you Uh know. So why am I training all pitchers the same way? For me, it just – it was logical to me. You know, this year we had – I wish we could have played this year. I wish it wouldn't have stopped because of this pandemic. We had 10 kids. Ten kids, trail on a one A public school with no transfers or any you know funny business like that. But in a one A public school, we have ten kids that will go on the pitch at Division three, two, or one college. Yes,
0: yeah, I saw them firsthand. They I mean, were it was great. It
1: was that's crazy. Now, and, and when you look at your staff, you know we, we've so okay. We, we've got a lefty who's you know sitting ninety two, and and he's one yeah. of the most sought after kids in the country. He, I'm not gonna mess with that guy. He's he's gonna be a power pitcher. We had a 6'4 kid who just pop 90 the other day. Okay. We're going to teach him pitcher mechanics. You know, we've got a freshman going to Maryland. We're going to, yeah, those guys are going to be pitch uh, power pitching mechanics. But what about the other 25 kids? They're not going to get in my opinion to to 90, you know, miles an hour. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach them to be one of, one of our role guys. And so, um, you know, I, I believe there's, there's seven types of pitchers. There's the power pitcher. There's the crafty guy, you know, the kid that, that is just he picks. You know, he's going to learn how to pick outside. He's going to learn how to do all the intangibles that great crafty pitchers do. There's going to be the funky guy. You know, again, it's the opposite of what a lot of our pitching coaches are preaching. Not not only do I not want them to be the same, I, not only do I not want them to have these perfect picturesque power mechanics, I want them to be the opposite Trey. I want them to be funky. I want them to be something that that hitter has not seen too many times when he comes to the play, because he's not going to do it velocity wise. I want him to have a hitch in his delivery, a funky little thing he does with his arm, a funky little, you had a guy one year that literally separated his arms. I remember it like it was yesterday. a tall lanky kid and he paused and he stood still for like a full second. I'd never seen that before. He drove our hitters, crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, show me the guy, the, the, the funky guy, show me something, step across your body, step, you know, change plane. step towards the third base side and throw across your body and let's see what happens. Um, the, the, the arm plane guy, which, which you spoke of earlier, you know, can I drop the kid's arm plane to sidearm a submarine and get him to suddenly start sinking the ball? It's, it's a different view for the hitter. It's a different arm plane. The ball's coming out of a different spot, you know, and the arm runs differently. And I tilt the kid's wrist a little bit get his fingers on the ball, I could get a sinking action. And all of a sudden, he may not throw our head. He might he might, you know, throw 70 miles an hour, but he's sinking the ball. And a ball at the knees sinking is really hard to elevate. No matter how hard you're not throwing. Even when we look at our fast pitch and slow pitch softball, you know, if you're sinking a ball at the knees on a downward plane as it's crossing the plate. You're not going to elevate that. Um, you know, our hide-the-ball guys, you know, a lot, some of our kids will teach – you know, to hide the ball, use your front shoulder, use your back, use your, use your delivery, you know, to create, to create problems. And then, um, the timing record, you know, teach those kids that have, and we're seeing more of it now,
0: you know, uh-huh. that, that have like the Quato and all those guys. Yeah. Teach the kids to have
1: pauses. And, it's
0: fun and, too. And teach, to-
1: it is. But what about the kid that like, it, it's, it takes an hour for him to go through his delivery and throw. Him. I mean, the batter's falling asleep by the time, you know, cause he's so, it takes so long or the kid that's the opposite of this spectrum you know i have kids that will hey man in five tenths of a second from start to finish the ball has got to be out of your hand how fast can you get rid of the ball to the plate mm-hmm. you know it's, again it's just you know warren Spahn once said you know hitting is hitting is timing and pitching is upsetting timing and so if the kid is laser quick or or lengthfully, you know long and slow and lethargic to the plate you know it, it's it's painful for them. there's how many times have we heard our kids say oh man." Look at this kid. He's you know here comes this lefty. You you and I have seen this kid our whole career. It seems like he's throwing you know high sixties. with This left-handed guy, and all your guys are laughing. Oh man, this kid's yeah. terrible. We're gonna light this kid up. And and, I, and and the kid comes back to the bench. and goes, man, that guy's terrible. And, I, and my response always is, well, what, why you sitting next to me? Right. How come you're not? Come you're not out there on one of those white things? He's not too bad, you know. Because you know again, different. And, and then lastly, we, if if none of those six work, we train the kid to be a. A pitch off that one pitch guy, that one outstanding pitch. You know, it, it, the kid may not be a pitcher, but he can throw one pitch. And you know, He's got a great curveball because he short-arms the heck out of a ball. He'll never have a good fastball because of that. But because he short-arms the ball, he gets over it really well. He's got a tight breaking ball. So can we put him in for a, an inning or a batter and just, just pitch off that one pitch to death and then get him out? You know, sure. all, all those kinds of pitchers are effective. But, you know, Trey, when one guy leaves the game, I don't want the next guy to look similar, you know? And you look at a Major League Baseball the last 10 years, they've kind of went to that model. Their relievers are all different, you know? You mm-hmm. got lefties, righties, but, and we've always had that. But now you're seeing timing records. You're, you know, you're starting to see that now at the Major League level. You're starting to see, you know, arm angle guys, you know, and it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's almost like they're all just looking for roles, you know? They're right. Special, they're matchup guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you can do that too, right, at the sure. high school
0: level. Well, especially when you're saying like, you know, they're 15, 16, 17th guy, you know, or you're looking for a role, you know, that would definitely be a good, possibly a good role for those guys. You know, if it's a guy just as, like you said, one pitch guy, you know, or guys can throw everything real fast and work real hard. It's always good. Everybody, you know, to be part of a good program, meaning, you know, and that's something I could have done better. I think we're all trying to do the best we can with those role guys, you know, to find a, a good role. What do you look for in a guy that, when, when you want to drop them?
1: Okay, so... Again, we're always trying to. to, to I, I told you, we're trying to put a kid into one of those seven styles of pitchers. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, to me, this is why you got to know your kids. You, you really got to know your kids, and this is why there's nothing more important as a coach than your relationships. You know, how well do you know that kid? The better your relationship, the better you can figure this out. So I want to know a kid. You know, I, I need to know his mental capacity. You know, is is he coachable? Um, does he make adjustments? Good, even when he's trying. Some kids try, but they just don't. You know, have an athletic IQ. So is he is he mentally coachable? Does he have a um, a good aptitude to learn and grow? And, and kinetically, can kin- you know kin- does the kid understand his body and his biorhythms? You know, because there's there's a lot of rhythm. And and so the uncoordinated kid maybe not the the kid to fit into this role. And then lastly, the kid's got to be a little quick. You know, how's his feet? And that's why I love. I was a multi sport, a three sport athlete. I love multi sport athletes. You know, I want to see how a kid moves uh, on a basketball court. And so you know, if, I, if he's got good feet and good footwork, he would be a great candidate, I think, to be a, a sidearm, you know, arm plane uh, pitcher. And the reason is, you know, taller guys have longer levers. So it's going to take them long. It's just, it's physics. It's going to take them long to spin, you know, and that's basically the plane that most uh, submarine or sidearm pitchers are. We're not really over the top. We're not vertical. So I want a kid that that has shorter levers, believe it or not, and that's where having short arms I think is a is a is a benefit. Also, I want to be really quick to the plate. You know, again, it's not just about the arm angle; it's also about can your front foot as a pitcher beat that front foot trigger as from the hitter. You know, if I I don't have to have a long elaborate load if I'm throwing from from a sidearm playing position. You know, it's like a second baseman or shortstop turning them. Back half of a double play. You know, they don't want to take their arm all the way up to a high 90 and and, and load up their their scat and and, and and you know power down. It takes too much time. They want to get it on, on plane and down, it's on plane throwing, right? They want to get it on plane and get it down the plane. And so for our guys, that's a that's another weapon we're gonna use. The kids got a short arm and the kid's a little bit quick. We want the arm on plane and get rid of it as fast as humanly possible. The longer he takes, well, the hitter catches up. It defeats a purpose. The hitter loads. You know, I load, you load. That's the way it works, right? The the, the, the Most hitters' timing recognition patterns are, okay, when the pitcher shows you his pocket, you I'm going to show mine. You, know, you, you show me your pocket, you load, I load. But what if I don't show you my pocket? What if I am coming at the plate so fast, so quick, that I might not beat you with my velocity, but my feet are going to beat your feet? So that kid that's athletic and has quick feet, he's my favorite kid to turn into this. And we've had seven – sidearmers go play in some level of division one baseball and most of which didn't have much velocity to be honest with you. But they but they they got this. You know, number one, be fast to the plate, man. Be quick, be quick. Number two, get your arm loaded quick. And then the third thing you look for, you can a kid understand uh, the concepts that make a ball move. You know, it's the movement, it, it it is the quickness. It is a little bit of I mean, in order there are four keys to pitching, I believe, at, at all times. Location, velocity, movement, and deception. The sidearm kid, you know, he he's not going to have the velocity. Hopefully he has the location, but he's got to have movement deception. Two of the four, he's, it's a must, non-negotiable. And so there's little tricks that can get us a whole lot more movement on a ball. You know, you ever look at the, you ever see highlight? you know, those curved yeah. bed paddles. Why are those, you know, ask yourself, why are those paddles curved? There's a reason for that. It's not, it's not by accident. I mean, they would have made it like a lacrosse stick if, 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 you know, if they were just looking to throw it accurately from point A to point B, but by that end of that paddle being curved, you know that last piece that that ball's rolling off of it imparts a spin. And spin, we know, cuts air. You know, that faster that the ball's spin. You know, now in the last two three years now, spin rate is a big deal. And it is in, in college baseball and pro baseball. We're measuring it now, and, and people are starting to appreciate. It. I've always thought spin rate was. Was one of the most important concepts in pitching. Number one, it cuts the air, so your ball will gain velocity. But number two, you know, it gives us movement, which is key. And these sidearm guys typically have great movement. I want our guys to emulate that highlight pattern. You know, um, I'm giving away all my secrets, and that's okay. Yeah, I hope none of my competition is listening to this.
0: But <laughs> well, so they, kid- they, they can't teach like you. I mean, honestly, the, the, day <laughs> I spent, the day I spent at your program, you know, and then I got to see you, got coach. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter i think you could i think you could (laughs) Uh, you could give you could give each of your competition your practice schedule and they wouldn't be able to do the same thing you
1: you're too kind i don't know about that but thank you that's so nice to say so when a kid lets go that ball you know i don't want his arm like a regular pitcher like a power pitcher to to extend through the ball i want him to release it with a bent arm when kids release it with a bent arm trey that ball has has the spin rate goes through the roof you know keep a little bend in your elbow when you release that ball like a highlight paddle, and the ball will get over your fingertips and it will it the spin rate will go crazy. And, and I find kids get amazing movement when they start doing that. Now, you know, it's it's like anything else. Listen, we can act like we know how to teach this, we can act like we're the greatest coaches and teachers and and, and such, but the kids gotta work, you know, the kids gotta do this. Do his due diligence. He's got to pound the rock. He's got to he's got to work on this because this is muscle memory at its finest. You know, I'm asking you to be quick to the plate. I'm asking you to throw a ball without extending. You know, a lot of kids may, maybe just can't do it. You know, athletically. So again, it goes back to the relationships. How well do you know that kid? Not just not just his emotional state, but how well do you know his athleticism? It, it does matter.
0: You know. Is that something you talk to? I guess you talk to other coaches who might need? I mean, you're in the building, so I guess you get to see them uh, well enough too. Is that just conversation? Like in your book, you talk about assess before you dress, and um, is that something that you had? Like is that part? Is that part of your assessment being able to talk to all those, or are you just just being in the building and observing?
1: You know, uh, thank you for mentioning the book, "Teachers of the Games," on Amazon.
0: Yeah, it's uh, awesome. Teachers
1: man. Changing the Games on Amazon.com If you're if you're interested in, yeah, you know, that was fun to write. I, I do, um, I do believe you have to assess your kids before you address them. I mean, whether we're teaching them or whether we're coaching them, you can't just put them. You know, you, How many times again do we see someone putting a square peg in a round hole? That that kid, you're making that kid a power pitcher, and he's not. You're making that kid a shortstop, and he has no feet. You know, you're putting the kid in the outfield you know, and, 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 he doesn't have great depth perception. He's not getting it. he will never get a jump on the ball. It's not who he is. So yeah. Or you have a kid swinging a bat a certain way and, and the odds of him being good that way are never going to be strong. So what you're saying is at the end of the day, if it all goes right, this kid could get to average. Well, I don't want that. You know, I want to take this kid's specific set of skills and get him to, to unlock his key to be better than average, you know, that to make him the best player he can be to make our team the best player we can be. I remember watching a friend, a good friend of yours, a good, now a good pitching coach and and had a great successful career at ECU and and, and in the pros. But when he was in high school, I remember competing and I I coached uh, TJ hopes. And I remember, you know, coaching um, TJ and TJ was a low arm spot guy, kind of like we were talking about a minute ago and had great spin. Of course he threw 90 miles an hour and that didn't hurt. But I remember watching him play basketball. I wanted to, I wanted to see him outside of baseball. And I went, and watched him play basketball at North Hagerstown High School, where they were playing our school. And he would tell you he's a terrible basketball player. He was not. He was a good basketball player. And he had good feet. I couldn't get over how good his feet were, you know, for a kid as, as, at his size. He, had, he, had, he was very agile. And then right then, I, I, I it just clicked for me. This is why this kid is so good on the mound and can put a ball anywhere he wants, anytime he wants. You know, he's he's got he's got some intangibles. And, and you know, I, I'll go to – our kids, I'll go watch them uh, play basketball, you know, after school or, you know, with their sports team or, or play another sport. I want to see and know, you know, as much about them as I can. You know, I want to watch a kid even play pickup games. Also, I want to see his competitiveness. You know, mm-hmm. you talk to these college coaches who are recruiting, you know, I, I'd almost uh, like to see these coaches come watch these kids. And some of the good ones do play oh, yes. the sports. Show yes me how competitive you are. You know, yeah. you can learn a lot about a kid and, 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 and then, you know, from there, assess okay, this is what his skill set is. He, he's he's greatly competitive, he's 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 highly coordinated, or, or maybe not so much. And then you could, you know, figure out where they go from there. Again, to have a kid in the wrong spot, you're, you're just training to hopefully one day be mediocre. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me,
0: sure, sure. I mean, um, so I guess the next part is like after thinking about pitching is, um, you know, the slash. I mean, like, you're really you know, known as this for the slash and things like that. Um, is that something that's always been with you since you started? That's something that you even like, did you do as a player when you were at Salisbury? Like, is that when did, when did that kind of stuff kind of come up and you, I guess your philosophy behind it?
1: <laughs> no, no, I was supposedly a home run hitter. So the concept of slash was, was formed <laughs> to me, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and again, Trey, uh, you've done this you know you've come to my practices. you go to other people's practices you I see you at all the seminars you'll get in your car and drive four hours to a seminar to learn because you're you've always been that guy that's, that's hungry to grow and learn and get better and, and so here I am a young coach I had coached its you know assistant coach at Salisbury i, 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 I I'm a high school coach now an assistant coach and I'm looking around and during the summer I thought man I got to get around some good people I, I want to I want to really be a good coach. I need to be around great coaches if I'm going to try to be a good coach. So uh, I worked at the Cal Ripken baseball school. It was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Uh, Tom Sherrill was the head coach at Catoctin high school at the time. I was his assistant and Tom, along with Cal Ripken senior and a scout, uh, uh Oriole scout um, who was as good of a guy as ever. Um, him and Jim ran this. Uh, and, and, and Ripken, they ran the Ripken school. And so uh, he asked me if I would in, be interested. And I said, heck yeah, you know, I, I, I would have did it for free. It paid a little bit, not much, but I would have did it for free. You know, so I, I, I did that for about eight years. I'm listening, I'm learning, I'm growing, and I'm around some of the best minds in baseball, pro and in college, mostly pro guys. But the stuff I learned there was was immeasurable. I mean, I, I'm, I'm learning every day what makes the great ones great. And so I would recommend any, any young coach, you know, that's new to the profession and go find yourself some good coaches, study them. Uh, you know, I would do it for free. And I did my first year of coaching right out of college. I went to a coach and I said, coach, I, I don't want any money, but could I be a part of your staff? Just let me, you know, I just want to be around. I want to grow. I want to learn. And it was awesome. And, and, you know, you have, you have time to make money, you know? And when you're young, money doesn't really usually mean as much. I know we're all <laughs> struggling out of college, but you don't have too many bills then. So if you can sacrifice that, that point in your career, go learn from a good coach. So learn from all those guys. I, I had met a, a gentleman from Frostburg, a couple guys from Frostburg. And so, you know, Tom Sherrill was from Frostburg. Uh, there was a guy named Phil Caruso who I would later meet. That was from Frostburg State. And they all talked about this legendary coach up there. And I knew Frostburg was always good. We had played and we competed against them. And they were the one team I saw slash. I'd never seen a slash before. But, but you know, this longtime guru was big on the slash. And so at first I thought, well, that's odd. You know, I'm a home run guy. I'm, a, uh, you know, but, it, you know, as we were playing and competing and, and as I'm watching it, man, they're not striking out. They're fouling off a tremendous amount. Of, they're making our pitchers work, and it was annoying. You know, it was, it was annoying, Trey. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's marinating with me. And, and and after you know one or two years, I'm, I'm really thinking. It. I'm upset. You know, to me, the two worst things offensively that can ever happen to drive me and every baseball coach crazy are pop-ups and strikeouts, right? I mean, you want to win. You want to be a coach You know, have a fruitful career career and win a lot of games. You, you do a few simple things right. Your pitchers throw strikes. Make someone literally hit the ball to get on base. It sounds so simple, but it'll, it'll change your career, right? Don't make errors. Just make the routine play, nothing special. And then offensively, don't strike out, don't pop up. You do those four things, you're going to have a winning career. I promise you that. And so the two that we're talking about in offense – I, I, I started thinking, I was like, man, you know, forget my ego for a second. You know, take, take the ego out of this. How many home runs are, are kids really hitting these days? I mean, we've had six of the last 10 years, we've had a leading home run hitter in our area. And that kid is, is hitting maybe in you know, a hundred at bats, maybe five home runs. Well, that's not a very good percentage. So the chances of that kid, that at bat that you need to hit in a home run are, 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 are 1%, you know? So the chances of him striking out, uh, you know, or 19, 20, 25%. That's, that's not getting it done. You know, that's how you lose games. I need traffic on the bases. I don't care how the kid gets there. You know, it's that, that money ball philosophy. If he's touching a base, he's a threat to the other team sure. to score a run. One, one step he, closer to his point. I sport. don't care how he got there, you know? And so sometimes in baseball, we as coaches have large egos, and our egos get in the way of being better. And so, you know, the more I thought about, it, I was like, I got to check my ego. You know, it's not about home runs. Percentage-wise, it just doesn't make sense. Philosophically, i got to adapt, and I want our guys to to be on base and start winning runs. And honestly, you know, I'm in a public school. I can't pick my guys. And they're not, you know, all 6'4 with benching 300 pounds. You know, they're not driving the ball. And there are many years I might have had one kid that could hit a ball over the fence in practice. So, you know, what do you do? Do you take your medicine and just lose? I'm too competitive to do that. I'm not, I call that the Washington general syndrome. You know, I'm not going to play the globe. You know, the Washington generals play the globe trials. I think the record's like, oh, in 2020, I'm not going to show up every day, you know, read a script and, and lose because that team's got better athletes. I'm going to compete. I'm going to try to find a way to win with what I have. So to me, the slash made sense. I, I, if I don't have amazing hitters, you know, I, I'm going to try the slash thing. And so for those foreign to it, you know, it's it's a simple concept. You shorten your grip to the top of the bat. So you're shorting the lever, you know, a baseball bat is 32, 33, 34 inches for each kid. And so I'm going to shorten the lever, which means I'm going to have a uh, faster spin rate, which means kids that are late to the ball consistently, you know, I, I love that. A kid, you know, we, we throw, you throw a fastball at, at whatever, you know, high velocity, the kid swings when the ball's passed, get a 0% chance. To put the ball in play, you can see it as a coach. You know, it, it, any pitching coach where the salt is calling that pitch again, of course, right? Well, until the bat head's where it needs to be, why would you throw an all speed pitch? So, you as a you know, offensive coach, or you as that hitter in the box, what are you going to do to adjust? You know, you do the same thing. You're going to have the same long lever. You're not going to get the bat from point A to point B in time. What it you know, it's 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 illogical. We're playing Nick Aidenhart. You know, Nick Aidenhart. In high school, was untouchable. Now, you knew Nick uh, before he passed away with the Californians, God rest his soul. One of the greatest uh, pitchers I'd ever seen. Uh-huh. And so, you know, we introduced the slash, just even the concept of just being short, you know, and, and really controlling your top hand. I want our hitters to to be short to the ball, but I want their top hand, you know, to get over that. So we're accomplishing two things. We're short to the ball and we're not popping up. You know, with two strikes, put the ball in play. More high school games are lost rather than won. That's a fact. So put the ball in play make something happen. They can do three things, you know, instead of just anybody can catch a pop-up. It takes one thing. You squeeze a glove, you know, make them pick it up, make them make a good throw, make the other guy catch it. A lot could go wrong, as you and I have seen in our careers, with, with someone having to do those three things. So, we're getting ready for Nick Adenhart. You know, Nick's sitting 95, 96 miles an hour, and it looks like he's not even trying. You know, just effortless mechanics. And so, we're preparing for Nick. <laughs> I'm I'm crow hopping from 30 feet away, <laughs> right? I, I, I'm, and I'm young, younger back then, and I'm letting it go. My arm's hanging. I bring in a guy that played AAA for the Orioles, a good friend of mine that I played semi pro ball with from the Dominican. This is back do that and so he's pitching to him in practice i got him at the bottom of the mound he's still throwing he's still throwing mid 90s and he's throwing mid 90s from the bottom of the mound trey the first two days nothing i mean our guys are doing exactly what i'm saying can't happen they're swinging the balls in the glove now again he's throwing 90 95 from the bottom of the mound so it's replicating 110 120 right and our hitters are, are not successful the third day trey i remember it was uh, we had a young man named will de lauder went on had a great division one career he was a ping All American. Will gets up there and he foul tips a ball to start practice. Our guy's doing crazy. Yeah. Everyone's high five and they're doing backflips. You think we just won game seven of the World Series. We had a foul ball. But what I was happy to see is, okay, we're slowing it down for them a little bit. They're understanding this. They're slashing and getting a bad head to it. And so, you know, at the end of the week, we played Nick. We just threw him two straight no-hitter, perfect game kind of games. And, and uh, our first hitter is a, a sophomore, maybe 135 pounds, Uh, His name is Jake Yoko. He's, he slashes the first ball. You know, when you get there, there's, there's, there's 30 major league scouts. And these aren't the little guys. I mean, these are the the biggest of the big and there's everybody had a radar gun. I mean, I thought I was going to get some kind of cancer running across the field. And every time (laughs) Nick threw, you know, they picked the gun up. Well, here's the first kid. He throws the first little 130 pound sophomore, slashes the ball. When a kid throws 95, you know this, you, you you don't have to do much. Mm -hmm. It's the, Plastic cap it at Williamsport high school and falls back into the stadium. And he starts it with a double. The next kid slashes a ball to right center. And, you know, and so it, it, I, I was, I was so happy, you know, our kids have got it. They have worked hard to, you know, they were, they were get, giving themselves a chance. That's all you ask for when you, when you play, you know, these kind of quality pitchers that, that are next level guys, man, just give us a chance. Just get the bat where it needs to be. Hitting's hard. I get it. You, you're going to miss and you're going to strike out, but can you get the bat In a position to be successful and that's what i think slashing did for for me i I thought it just made sense it's it's giving our hitters a chance you know and and i really work hard on getting our guys to stay out of the air with two strikes you know two strike hitting to me we could do a whole podcast on that it is a whole other mindset if you're if you're coaching your guys right you know i think we you've got to change the way they think you know i've seen so many times i'm sure you have our hitters sometimes they think the same with three, uh, two strikes as they do with no strikes, and I, and so we better be spending time. Like I'll, I'll spend time in practice. I've got a plate, you know, that I a homemade plate that I made. I'm sure a lot of coaches do. That's yeah, you know, that, that's painted certain colors. And here's the actual size of the plate, you know, that we're looking at. Here's what it is with one strike. Here's what it should look like with two strikes. Here's what it should. And just go through their mentality, their mindset, strike by strike, pitch by pitch, and I'll, I'll we'll go over that more than more than the kids will like. I'm sure they're sick of it, but two strike hitting to me. It, it's, it's an art and it's, it's a, it's a mindset. All right, man, I'm at the top of the grip, you know, and, and I don't care. There's, you know, there's three kinds of pitches. When you get to two strikes, I always say there's a ball striking close and you better be swinging at two or three, you know, <laughs> I, I, we do this thing where, again, I can't, I can live with striking out. I can't live with looking, striking out, you know, I hate backward Ks are the worst in the world. So years <laughs> ago, Trey, and this is how we talk about growing. I had a thing. If you struck out looking at the end of the week, on Saturdays, I'd meet you at the track, and the kids were going to run a mile. You know, they were going to pay the price, and it was my way of just trying to get us to think differently. I loved them, but I, I was like, "Okay, guys, you know, we, we got to stop this." It, it, I'm a new coach; I got to change our, our thinking. So let's meet. And I had this kid, and I love him to death. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. His name is Brady, and and so Brady, says, you know, that one day he meets me Saturday, he was going to run his his his, his mile on the track, and he says. Oh, coach, come on, man. That ball, that ball was a foot outside, coach. That that umpire, that was a terrible call, coach. Don't don't make me run. I said, Brady, if I if I don't make you do it, I make everybody else. What kind of man am I? He says, Come on, coach, man. You know that was a bad call. I said, I'll tell you what, Brady, because I love you, and I really do. For you and you alone, I'm going to make an exception. You don't have to run a mile here distracted. You just run four laps, and we'll call it even. He's yeah. just, he high fives me. He says thank you, Coach. <laughs> Takes off, runs his four laps. Trey to this day, I don't think he knows he really ran him off, but but that's okay. But it's a that's it's awesome. a it's a mindset, you know. Right. It's a mindset, Trey.
0: Right. So I guess this final thing I like to wrap up with that, like you you know you've seen these great players, you work in the Ripken League and things like that. You know what what is that? Those traits of that have made the like you know, those elite players. Like, what's oh, one man. thing that stands out to for those elite players that you've seen? He,
1: you know, they have a mindset that they are self made, I think. You know, yes, a lot of them are, are, are God, have God given skill that maybe some of the others don't have. But to me, with that God given, they have a self.
0: Another great episode that was loaded with material that I hope you got the chance to. Get something that was valuable for you. Maybe it's to say it a certain way. Start something new. Um, but again, if you would like to reach out to Coach Franklin in any way, his email is coachfranklin at yahoo.com. You can check him out on his website. Reach out to him there, especially to order his book, Teachers Changing the Game, at www.mike-franklin.com, or you can also get his book at Amazon. You can also DM... Or reach out to him on Twitter at author coach f. Mike Franklin is a phenomenal guy who knows how to teach. Is relationship first, and wants to live a life of significance, and is living a life of significance. One of the things that hit me square in the eyes was his his number one achievement, and wow, when the when the parents asked him about that young man. To be able to wear his uniform forever um, was something that yeah, I think that's what we're all doing. I think I've heard it before. I'll say it a couple times before uh, I stop giving credit for it. But each time that we're spending and we're investing into people, we're selling tickets to our funeral. And it's something that's really stuck with me about our impact that we're making. Coach Franklin cares about his players, he's very knowledgeable. The players at Catoctin are extremely lucky. To have such a great man, a great leader. There in their school, um, I love all his, his seven different ways of being a pitcher. And you see those guys on the staff. This is not just words that he he does, you know. From the just the comment of not everyone's a power pitcher, so you see all the time in people, even in all kinds of sports teaching the same kind of mechanics or same kind of technique for players who will never, ever be that kind of person. So finding the right – finding what works for that kid and, and, and building them a skill set that they're going to be successful at is really the essence of him being a great teacher and finding what works for kids. Um, assessing, knowing what your kids do before you – and so then you can attack their weaknesses or attack their strengths to make them better players, um, better people. Um, you know, he just – his, his great things about his two-strike approach, you know, there's three types of pitches. You know, there's a ball that's close or a strike, and you better pitch swing at two of them. It's a great little thing to pick up um, to, t- to teach to your kids. I love those little things that, you know, we're basically saying the same stuff. We're talking about two-strike approaches, but what a great different way to say it. Um, his assembly line, uh, the way he's doing pitching, you know, I've seen it firsthand and just how he gets so many reps within a shorter period of time because we're all battling time. But Coach Franklin knows how to be efficient. He knows how to get the best, the most out of his time at being a great teacher and um, doing the best for kids. You know, I just love how he said it's really not black and white anymore, how we maybe all used to be, the rules. It's not black and white. It's great. We're doing with people. And we just have to know what's right for each of them, have good relationships, to know, you know, when to press and when to push back um, or when to hold back. So... But I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I hope that, you know, you can reach out to Coach Franklin. I, I, I highly recommend his book. Um, it's a great read, uh, very passionate. And um, if you like it, I'd love you to please share. Give me any feedback that you'd like, if there's anybody that you feel that is maybe um, that is just like the mission, is just like a person that in invests just as much into the man as they are into the player, you know. Uh, and so I would love – to hear from you i would love to hear any recommendations and there anything that we feel you want to cover so I just want to again thank coach franklin for taking the time out of his day to give out a great some great information so again share this episode as much as you can find us on twitter find us on uh, podbean find us on itunes share it on all social media and i wish that you just keep on getting better and i'll see you next week